0: today the mobile kintech studio kintech footwear and orthotics canada's favorite orthotics provider supported by over 2500 five-star google reviews find your perfect fit at kintech.net Bic nazar back for one day only and josh ellie wolf hanging out on location today to Austin Springs, uh, one of my favorite events of the year. Jay's Care supporting Challenger Baseball. We are on location. I'm uh, going to be talking to a multitude of guests that are here for this event. Uh, again, a fantastic initiative. Uh, happy to support it every year uh, for Challenger Baseball. It's Jay's Care's adaptive baseball program running in partnership with Baseball Canada and Little League Canada as well. Designed to empower children, youth and adults, living with physical and or cognitive Disabilities uh, using sport To teach uh, core life skills uh, It's always a fantastic event We'll be talking to some of the guests uh, that come through here For the next four hours We'll be talking about a bunch of other stuff But uh, always a blast to be on location for this event It's
1: real nice outside, real warm But it's going to be a great event And we had to bring you in for, for one show I missed you Tapping in the righty Yeah, And then, uh,
0: then you'll be gone for several months Not I'm gone actually. for several months? Not actually News to me Canberra on location, just like nodding <laughs> along. He's like, months would be great. Unfortunately, it's days. Uh, yeah, I'm still away for another uh, week or two, but uh, uh, always a blast to uh, come out for this one. Uh, again, Brad Hunt will join us later on today. Lloyd Moisby as well. Cody Franson, uh, who's fresh off of the BC uh, Hall of Fame uh, induction with the uh, O.C. or the 06, uh Giants team. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Many dignitaries will stop on by the booth. We'll talk to a couple of people as well as part of the show uh, and part of the ongoing uh, discourse that uh, constantly happens here on the Sportsnet 650 Airwaves. Do you want to be part of the show? As always, you can 650-650 into the Dunbar Lumber text message inbox. Dunbar Lumber with three stores to serve you in Ladner on Bridge Street, Dunbar Lumber Express at Ladner Center, or Arbutus in Vancouver, online at dunbarlumber.com. So what have I missed, Josh, here for the last uh
1: what have you missed? 2 weeks. Uh a lo- well, not a lot. I was going to say a lot. It's chill not time. A lot. It's it's definitely relaxing. Um, it's peace time right now. Yesterday we had the AHO contract Oh yes, so we talked about that and what it means for Elias Patterson, so maybe we get into that a little bit more. Other than that, it's just been uh, NFL training camps o- officially baseball. underway.
0: Officially underway now.
1: Yeah. And then uh, just a lot of baseball.
0: Let's let, let, let's start with Pedersen again. Uh, my, my, I had some sticker shock yesterday at the Ajo deal. Did you? And usually sticker shock is, whoa, that's way higher than it was. That was way lower than I thought. Oh, okay. I just thought Sebastian Ajo would be one of those players that does inform what the Elias Pedersen contract looks like. Because I think we talk about Pedersen in this way of – hey, the production's not always there, but he brings his defensive value and he does all these things. Whereas really, like that's kind of Sebastian Ajo's claim. yeah, More so than anything right now. Because he had this fantastic... And look, uh, the defense uh, in Carolina looks differently because they play this unique style of hockey. And Sebastian Aho thrives in it. He, he, he got some Selkie votes, probably deserved a lot more, but he's been getting Selkie votes, uh, his the last four years, basically, of his career. But that's someone who kind of hovers around that 80-point area, who I think has maybe skill to get some more. But that's the guy you claim and say, hey, the defensive value boosts what he is moreover. And you've seen him have success as well in the playoffs, again, playing that style. And his defensive game maybe gets noticed more in the playoffs than it does during the regular season. And so when you see that number, because you know just how good of a player he is, he's, to me, he's a top 10 center in the league, and you see that number come in, and it's not as high as I thought it was going to be. And then we talk about Elias Pettersson, mm-hmm. and again, we, we, we frame it in the way of he can do this, but the value really comes another 20 points on the defensive side. He's played a lot more PK recently, been scoring on the penalty kill recently, and so it's like, oh, he can start doing all these other things. But honestly, the the production element really favors Elias Pettersson. Mm-hmm. That Sebastian Aho not getting 10 million is almost a detriment to Elias Pettersson than it is a boost.
1: Yeah, definitely. I don't know if I would go as far as to say that Aho necessarily like deserved more. Like to me 9.75 right around 10 million is kind of where I thought he was going
0: to but be. But he's had a lot more playoff success.
1: Yeah, but also I think you can look at it if if you're Carolina and say, "Hey, like Look at all these players we have on our team, and look at the system we're playing, and that's why we're having playoff success. And I think um, with Aho, we talk about how he is a point-per-game player, mm-hmm. and he's really sound defensively, but I do think to get over the $10 million mark, you need to still be putting up points, regardless of mm-hmm. r- regardless of what system you're in. And I know Carolina, it's like, they, they make it so that spread the wealth. Yeah. It's not one guy carrying the team. But to, to make your money, you kind of have to carry the team a little more to an extent. And I don't know if Ajo has, has done that in Carolina. Though he is
0: capable of it. Sure. But we haven't necessarily seen Elias Pettersson have the playoff success. Now, the one time we've seen him, he was phenomenal. Yeah, that's fair. Like, he was one of the two best players in each of those series. And you started to see... The, the sprinklings of an emergence of a potential that we all talk about Why some of us don't grimace at like Oh yeah, $11.5 million, just do it Because yeah. I think we all see what the potential has been like Like he's, and going to, he's going to make it worth it He's going to make it worth it And for a lot of people, they say We've barely seen this guy in the playoffs And that's a valid point But you're, you're making some bets on potential And what the future might look like for Elias Patterson I think those are safe bets But it's understandable for a lot of people to say Hey, I'm not quite there just yet and then you actually start digging into some of the numbers, and this is why I was kind of looking at like that sticker shotgun to me, like Aho is a $10 million player. What do you have to do to start crossing those thresholds? And I'm going to give you a list of players here. You know me, I love doing lists here. It, it,
2: it's this easier in a to spreadsheet. Frame it. Yes, a yeah,
0: list awesome. in a spreadsheet. But you look at Elias Patterson right now, and, and we're kind of fudging the numbers here a little bit because he has already surpassed uh, some of these figures. So we're, we're lowering the thresholds here, but – it's five seasons now for Elias Pedersen. Some shortened season there, injury played years. But let's just say in the first five years of your career, centers that have played 300 games and scored 300 points. Mm-hmm. So that's a, a fair large sample size. Yep. And also in the first five years of your career. This is since the 04 lockout, since then. So we're talking about uh, a healthy span of players here. Two decades yeah. almost worth of players. 18 years. These are the players that have put up those thresholds. And Elias Pedersen is among them because mm-hmm. we're sitting here at 323 points over 325 games. So so we've made the thresholds easier. Nathan McKinnon, Braden Point, Leon Dreisaitl, John Tavares, Paul Stastny, surprising name, mm-hmm. Pedersen, Taze, Eric Stahl, Jack Eichel, Getzlaff, Matthews, Kopitar, Nicholas Backstrom, Steven Stamkos, Malkin, McDavid, Crosby. And I, I've shared a list similar to this before, but when it, when you see all those names and hear all those names, what's one thing that jumps out to you?
1: Why is Paul Stastny there? <laughs> that's that's the main thing. But second is like...
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: but second is...
0: What's a common trait amongst them all? Most, they've all played with
1: Paul Stastny, maybe. Yeah, that might be for.
0: Most of them have won a cup. Yeah. For the most part. And, and when you frame it like that, suddenly... Like we always discuss these things, like oh, if you trade a first-round pick and you win a cup, doesn't matter what you gave up. It it, it suddenly justifies everything. Yeah. That list I just gave you, Elias Petterson's among them. The only ones that have it: John Tavares, Austin Matthews, and Paul Stastny, and uh, and 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 uh, the Edmonton guys, McDavid, Yeah, McDavid, Dreisaitl. but but again, Matthews, McDavid, Drysidle. This is all still fresh.
1: Yeah, and and look, I know we all. Have our doubts about Edmonton, mm-hmm. but I would be very, very surprised if at the end of McDavid and Drysaddle's career they don't at least have one mm-hmm. cup. You know, like they're they're gonna get there. So, yeah, it's it's that's that's the common trait. And meanwhile, like you look at Pedersen, and we know it's not on him, but he has one playoff appearance, mm-hmm. and it's that that does play a part when it comes to. To contract negotiations as well.
0: But that's also the caliber of player Then we're discussing. Mm-hmm. That on a team that hasn't been up to par, and again, he plays his role in that, but he's certainly producing amongst lesser talent and a team that hasn't been thriving. That this threshold, that he's among some of these players... Uh, that have done this. Again, we're talking about 17 players in 18 years that in the first five years of their career they are 300 points, 300 games played. They are your most reliable players uh, over the past uh, nearly two decades. And moving forward, you start looking at price points of what these guys have signed. And I don't know uh, uh, you and Riccio kind of bandied the number around yesterday. You look at the contract that these guys have signed, it's Term now some of these predate the 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 CBA and there's 12 year contracts there with Sidney Crosby There's a 12 year deal uh, With with like a Henrik Zetterberg is in there In around this range Um, But you're essentially looking at 11 million Dollars and that's quite the jump from where Sebastian Ajo was and and As much as you can say Sebastian Ajo is A for me a a, a Number 10 11 12 Center in the league it it just shows that there is A jump when you have that production that at least Pedersen Has
1: yeah and I will say when we bring up the playoff and, and Stanley Cup conversation with it as well, I almost wonder if that plays more into Pedersen's camp. Because they're like, hey, look, like we've got this guy who you mentioned the names, is in this echelon of player, mm-hmm. and you haven't been able to make the playoffs, let alone make a, make a Stanley Cup run. And I think we can all agree that's not on Pedersen. But that might be a reason that he gets paid more because – they look at it and say, if he's going to stay in Vancouver and, and put his faith in what you guys are building, you have to compensate him a little bit more. Uh, but when I when I look at Aho, the point I was making yesterday is, to me, I view at least the potential of Elias Pettersson as one point one million to one point five million dollars better than Aho per season, and that's that's kind of where I feel like he's going to end up being. And the other interesting part that, that Reach was kind of harping on is we have to wait and see, and we almost wonder if Petterson's camp is going to wait and see what Matthews' numbers mm-hmm. comes in at. And that that's maybe going to play uh, a big
0: part in it as well. The big thing, too, for, for Ajo is the term. Yeah. That's the one where it now becomes interesting, right? Because it's he went for term. Does Matthews go the shorter to keep the pressure on the team and always compete? and? Patterson, you know, could push for a five-year deal. But here's the thing. it's No, no matter what, if it's a, five, a five-year, eight-year, obviously there's benefits to do in the long-term for the team, and, and you'd like to see that. No matter what, they set them to an eight-year deal. You still better be competing those first six years. Like yeah. You better be pushing this to say, hey, you know, we're years six, seven, and eight. Yeah, those are fantastic. Uh, and, and the value of your contract will be at its highest as the cap continues to increase. Our goal is still to maximize... The team's potential in the first six years, whether it's a five-year deal, eight-year deal, yes, those are important for the long-term structure. For me, though, the urgency of the organization still needs to be at a maximum to start getting this to a, a spot. And I'm not saying be reckless in your spending and and fire off first-round picks to the win. but yeah. winning should be expected here, asap.
1: Well, I I kind of feel like they already they're already there, you know what I mean? Like you don't make the heroic trade mm-hmm. if you don't think winning is expected as soon as possible. And I like look, we can talk about how that's still a good deal long term just based on his age and where he's at right now. But again, you don't trade away draft picks like that mm-hmm. if you're if you don't expect to try to be competitive. And we're gonna see how, how the other editions work out this year. I think no no fan is blind to the fact that this is going to take longer than just one year, but I think management, regardless of how long that Pedersen contract is, is very aware that they're going to have to try to compete year in, year out, while you have Pedersen in his prime, while you have Hughes in his prime, and to a lesser extent, while you have Demko still under contract as well.
0: Uh, you mentioned that, that uh, pay bump, basically, S- somewhere between a million five, a mm-hmm. somewhere in that range. Uh, you look at those the, the, that list of players I mentioned. The the Crosby's, the Malkins, the McKinnons, and not necessarily what their cap number is, because different times of signing, to cap, what their cap hit percentage is, right? Traditionally we just use uh, like the heroic one is an interesting one right now because you can go around and say, uh, well what did Cam Fowler sign for? What did Josh Morrissey sign for? What did uh Wieger and Severson sign for? It's all that fifty, low fifties, eight years, and it's like rubber stamp it, there you go. For Pedersen and the high-end players, because we're talking about unique thresh, or unique uh, players over a span of time, I look at cap hit percentage, and it basically comes out to like 13.5%. You can be a bit more granular about it. But 13.5% of the cap, you know what that comes out to, Josh? 11.2 million.
1: Yeah, and to me, like that's exactly – I said it yesterday. I just – I don't see how – if especially if this is an eight-year deal how it isn't somewhere around eight years, 90 million total money. Cause that's just, you, you brought it up. The percentage of the cap that Pedersen is probably owed Mm -hmm. based on the, the previous contracts we've seen around the league. And it's like, that's just, that is what he's worth Mm -hmm. as well. And, And the recent example that got that is, is David Pasternak. And, I know Pasternak had the 61-goal season this year. He had he had more points than Elias Pettersson, but he's also a winger. Pettersson plays in more situations. I wonder if those two are comparable in terms of impact, and maybe that's maybe that's a comparable the Canucks are using as well to be like, hey, we can't pay you
0: more than a guy that won a rocket Richard this year. Mm-hmm. So that that's where I see him at. And yeah, just to provide more frame of reference, at the time of signing, Connor McDavid signed a deal uh, – that was worth 16% of the cap. Uh, Jack Eichel, when he signed his deal, 13% of the cap, 13.3% of the cap. Maybe on the lower end, like Kopitar's first contract was 12% of the cap. So it's, it's, you start framing in that range. You can say, okay, we can find a common ground and actually put you in a spot where it's uh, in the range of what Jack Eichel got paid. Now, to, to the modern cap hit, but that's essentially uh, what you're trying to look for. If you're Elias Petterson and his camp uh, getting ready for this uh, big, important contract negotiation, that it's going to take him uh, into his 30s, mm-hmm. and uh, maybe he goes for one more big payday again Bick Nazar and Josh Elliot Wolf on location day over at towason Springs uh, for for one of my favorite events of the year it's a uh, Ja care supporting Challenger baseball and a lot of uh, dignitaries get to come out for it and we get the uh, privilege to speak to so many uh, joining us now is uh, Lloyd Moisby. how are you doing
3: outstanding guys how you doing
0: uh, we're doing fantastic thanks a lot for uh, coming to the event and uh, stopping by the tent Uh this event, uh, it's, it's always one of my favorites to uh, to participate in, obviously uh, what the Jays do and, and the, the huge outreach. Uh, as, as you uh, participate in this event, uh, that, that effect that the alumni have on uh, the long-term benefits of, of, of what it does for the program as well, uh, how do you keep partaking in it, and uh, what benefits do you see long-term?
3: Well, you know, golf – We do it in the golf. Yeah. You you see that part. But actually, we have participated in the actuality of it. Mm -hmm. I mean, going out and working with the kids, actually getting them, you know, taking their hand and putting it on the bat. And uh, there's nothing uh, better than that. Again, coming out and playing golf and raising money for it is another uh, issue. But to actually participate with the kids, the interaction is unbelievable.
1: And how how gratifying (laughs) is that, seeing it from, from here where we're raising the money to like, you're actually there with the kids. Like, how how nice is it to, to get to see that
3: as well? Well, I was also fortunate to be sitting with Justin, who got the uh, the player of the year. You yeah. know, he was fired up. So, again, we don't really understand how big it is mm-hmm. until you see, you know, the kid faces. What, that's what it's really all about. It's not about us and about, you know, raising money is a big part of it, you know, and Jays Care do a great job of that and, and a lot of more communities, you know, firefighters, but – to actually uh, see the benefit from the kids. Like uh, the guy was saying that a lot of them don't even have friends. And the, and the friends they have is the friends that they have on the team. So without that, you know, would they be the same? Probably. But baseball just does something. It's something about baseball. It's something about sports that bring out the best in kids. Uh <clears throat> Longtime uh,
0: member of the Jays, uh, and and we focus so much on the brand of the team. You know, what do you remember with the brand of the team when you were drafted in '78 versus to where it is now? Because now it's 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 wow. Canada's team, and and we're just we're fresh off the weekend where they go down to Seattle, right? And everyone from BC goes down. It's this huge thing of the Jays are in Seattle. But what do you remember being drafted in '78, playing in '80, to where we are now?
3: Yeah, it's a whole different scenario. I mean, we were. We lost a game before we even played the game, right? I mean, we were, we were that bad when we started up, and I came up in '80, we were awful, right? And it was such a great deal in '83 when you know when Bobby Claus came in, the mm-hmm. whole the whole and and Cito Gaston when they came in, the whole mentality changed, and that's what it's – listen, the talent is talent, right? If you can you can drop more talent. You can get George Bell. You can get Jesse Barfield coming up out of it, but. The attitude changed, right? Because, you know, Bobby Cox said, hey, I'm not here just to be to babysit you guys here. I'm here to win. Uh-oh. And that, you know, I don't know how we're going to win. Cause we ain't got no damn pitchers. <laughs> but but it did. It, it, so mentality is what it's all about. Is that
1: mentality something that carries on from generation to generation as well within an
3: organization? Well, one, well, one would say the Yankee way, right? Well, in my day, the Yankees didn't win a thing. Yeah. They never went to the playoffs. So now you're saying the Blue Jays, we hate to say it, but we built something, right? We didn't see the, ah, the, the, uh, don't get me to uh, thinking about this, but we didn't actually get the, the trophy, right? Mm-hmm. But the 92-93 and 93 team did. And so now, listen, there's a legacy left here. And so when these kids get drafted, we expect them to understand that the Blue Jays are winning organization now. This is not about coming here and, and for yourself, It's all about trying to win football games. Can
0: a group switch that mentality? You kind of mentioned the the new coaching staff comes in and Bobby Cox comes in. Did you personally feel yourself change, or was that something that you always had in you that was now brought out because of the coaching?
3: But see, Bobby Maddox, I'm not going to say he let us do what we wanted to do, but I will say that when Bobby Cox came in and explained what he didn't want you to do, that changes, you know what I mean? Run balls out. You know, you had guys lagging the first base, right? Right. No, when Bobby came, he said, listen, I don't ask you to do anything. I don't, I don't, I, you know, dress code is what you want it to be. You can go out and party. Well, not really. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> but run the ball No out. social media. <laughs> then. But, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, that we had. <laughs> Thank God we had no social media. <laughs> All he wants you to run the ball out. That's simple, dude. Right. Run the ball out. And so that builds up into a lot of different things, first to third. You know what I mean? I mean, learning the game. Don't get thrown at a third base with, you know, with two outs. I mean, that's stupid. I mean, you are be in scoring position. Hit the cutoff, man. All these things that win baseball games. So, yeah, it, it's, it's certainly a different mentality when Bobby Cox came in.
0: Because we're having this conversation here. You know, we talk about the hockey team uh, in Vancouver so much, and, and there's coaching chains there, and it's, it's all these little details that get harped on, and you're mentioning, hey, you can bring in all these good players, and obviously it improves. But, you know, from a player's point of view, like the touch point you have is always going to be the coaching staff. And as they start to change the habits and the standards, it's all these little things that you talk about, not necessarily this big development curve that happens. It's, it's taking the small stuff seriously and how that impacts the rest of the team.
3: Well, for instance, um, when Cito Gaston took over for Jimmy Williams. I mean, Jimmy Williams was one of the greatest third-base coaches of all time. But when he took over as a manager, he changed. And we were we were really awful in 89. All of a sudden, we give the job to Cito, and he is a guy that loves us. We knew he loved us, and he let us play. What did we do? One of the greatest comebacks of all times in 89. So, yeah, absolutely. The people in charge does – I mean, talent is – you shouldn't be in the big leagues if you're not good enough to play. So sometimes it's about your emotions, it's about your mentality, it's about what you – you know, we could have gave up in 89 and said, ah, you know, Jimmy Williams' fault, right? No, when Cito took the job, he said, "Listen, dude, I'm gonna take this job, but I expect us to win." And man, we took up like a like a rocket. So, absolutely, man, it's all about personnel, but it's also about the uh, coaching staff.
1: Uh, we talk about coaching. Is there a player that came in during your time with the Jays? Well, we got the trade deadline coming up in a few days, where mm-hmm. they came into the team, and and you could just there was
3: there was kind of an aura around them, and and they kind of changed how the team <coughs> played. Well, maybe not late. I mean, we had a lot of guys come in. We had George Order come in. We had the Cliff Johnsons come in. Uh, Scoop came in. Oh, my God, that was really big. But going back further, when George Bell came in, we got him from, uh, you know, from the Phillies. You know, a kid that can play, he can run, he got good speed. Yeah, he got a little power. He talks a lot, right? Uh, not English, of course. It'd be, it'd be, it'd be, it'd be, yeah, things changed, man. Player, absolutely. A personnel is a big deal. I mean, Jesse Barfield came up from double-A. Cause we were awful. I mean, the times I'm talking about, we were awful. So when you bring up a Jesse Bar from AA, A, you bring in a, a George Bell, you start putting these pieces together. Uh, yeah, man. I mean, I mean, you see things changing, right? You see guys who want to win, and George Bell is 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 a great example of a guy who just hated losing. So, yeah, yeah. Things change when when people change. When people decide that they that that losing sucks. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: Uh, uh, what are you liking with the J season this year? It, it came in with so much expectations, and, and look, they're they're well above five hundred. They're they're kind of in that hunt there. Third place in the AL East. It, it's such a tough division, obviously, but yeah. it, it feels like the expectations are kind of matched against the reality. And do you separate the two and say, hey, like right now, it's here we are in July, late July, they are in the mix. They got a chance to yeah. improve and and go on this run later on in the season, or is there still something missing?
3: No, listen, they should be. If I'm them, I, even though they've, like, what, 10, 12 games over 500, they still should be saying, hey, dude, you know, we're better than this, right? I mean, they made the playoffs last year, and, and Seattle uh, did some stuff that was, mm-hmm. ah, whatever, dude. I'm saying with the pitching staff that we have, the starting pitching that we have, and, and the players, obviously, I don't really want to name all the players, because we traded, you know, Gariel. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, we, we traded some great players. I think this team can win. And if they don't feel that way, even though I know that we're trying to fight for a wild card right now, it would be a disappointing di- uh, season if we don't win and get into the playoffs and get to that next level. It, it should be disappointing, and they should feel that way.
1: Is there, is there a piece you think might be missing? Again, we've we got trade deadline coming up in a few days. Is there a, well, a position they need to I mean, address? That's going
3: to be obvious. I mean, this is not something that I'm not a, a genius or anything, but – the middle bullpen has to – I mean, something has to happen. There right. Because the other night we had that game one. Come on. I mean, that game is over, right? I mean, we came back in the in the ninth and we scored three runs in the ninth. Everybody's cheering. Everybody's eating ice cream and they're going home. Uh-oh. And that was the back end, right, uh, because Romano didn't pitch that night. But that's not the point. The point is pitching win games. We're there to make sure that they know that. At the end of the day, if you can't get nobody out, what was it, 98? Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you score in uh, eight runs,
0: ball game. Okay. Uh, before I let go, I, I do want to ask because his name's been so much uh, in the in the trademark, and now the Angels make this trade last night, and it seems unlikely oh, a, <laughs> a, a player like Otani gets moved. But I just love getting athletes' impressions of a player because you know, for so many people, we've not seen anything like this, let alone on the baseball field. Just as an athlete in general, uh, in general, what do you think
3: of when you see him playing, and and what it means as an athlete? I played in Japan. I played with, and I had some pitches on my team that was really good hitters. I'm telling you, I don't think none of us have seen this. This man's got speed, right? This man's got an arm, which we already know he's got. But he's a pitcher. Yeah, I don't like pitchers. This guy can hit. He can hit for power. He's a good-looking kid. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, What do you want, guys? I mean, what do you want me to say? huh? Something bad about this kid? <laughs> this kid is one of the greatest players I've ever seen. Is, is another sport that you
0: think of, like, oh, this is what translates? Like, the only one I think of is, like, Deion Sanders or Bo
3: Jackson. It's not even close. Yeah, but they're not really playing both it's ways. No, it's, it's so different. No, no. Listen, Babe Ruth, somebody said, Babe, I don't. Um, yeah. Jesse Barfield played with Babe Ruth uh, back in the day, so he was that old. Other than that, I don't know anybody. Do you know anybody that could pitch oh. like this, and that could run like this, who can hit like this, who can. I'm, Do ashamed. It all. I'm ashamed to even answer the question. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, Lloyd, we really appreciate you stopping by. Enjoy the day, and uh, thanks a lot for uh, participating in, in uh, a fantastic day. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it's, it. Uh, Lloyd Mosby who joins us here uh, at Towson Springs for uh, a fantastic event. Uh, Jays care, uh, help, and challenger baseball. We'll be back in a minute here on the Home of the Canucks Sportsnet 650. Welcome back to The People Show, live on location today. Coming to you from the mobile Kintech studio, Vic Nazar, Josh Elliott-Wolf. We're over at Twaslin Springs today. Fantastic event. Jays Care supporting Challenger Baseball. Just to show you the impact of what this program has over... 9,000 children and youth across Canada participating in Challenger baseball programs last year. 283 different programs running in community schools uh, or through community-based organizations. And 61% parents and guardians indicate that Challenger baseball, this is the importance of this. Like You're listening to sports radio, we're on sports radio, we all love sports. 61%. Parents indicating that uh, this is the only sports programming their child is participating in. So That's you think huge. of the impact of what uh, sport can do in all communities, uh, just having this access uh, to playing in, in, in baseball is massive. If you want more details, uh, head online, jayscaregolf.ca, and just what this program does for so many across this country. Uh, and it's a, it's a fantastic day uh, every year when we get to do this day uh, it's an adaptive baseball program uh, run with Baseball Canada and Little League Canada, uh, helping support athletes, uh, teaching athletes living with disabilities, you know, th- those life skills that you learn from sports, that, uh, you know, teamwork, communication. We were just talking to Lode Moisby there just a minute ago, mm-hmm. and working with those players and seeing you know, the, the, fund- the fundamentals being learned, but also all the core life skills being learned because of a chance to play sports.
1: Yeah, and you think back to like when you were a kid playing sports, like all the everything you learned, and and not only like the friends you made along the way, but like the life lessons mm-hmm. as well. And it's it's really important that that's available to to every single kid, and, and Jays Care does a does a great job of that. Challenger Baseball does a does a great job of that.
0: Uh, again, get more details online. Jay's Care Golf. C A again. We're hanging out here today till three o'clock. We'll talk to many of the members that are on hand, including uh, Lloyd Mosby. Uh, we're talking there with. it uh, was wonderful. That was amazing. Yeah, I, I felt like he could have gone on for another uh, twenty-five minutes. We only had so much time, uh, but there was there, there were stories oozing out there, and I-, I do love talking about with athletes right now, even if they're not baseball players. Shohei Ohtani. Yeah. Just as because it's so hard to even be good at one thing, and make it to the big leagues and whatever league you're in. For instance, here in Vancouver, the Canucks just go sign Ian Cole. Where we talk about it, it's like, hey, defensive D-man at this side of the game, he is so good, and that's where the value in him lies, and he's going to do X, Y, and Z.
1: But offensively, you're like... But
0: offensively, it's like, hey, if you pair him with Hughes, maybe you get X amount of assists or whatever. Yeah. Here's a guy who's not even just like, Hey, he's so good at this other thing, and we accept that he's only okay. He's exceeding at both sides of what he's doing. Like, today, he went five innings with with the perfect perfect game. Now, he got broken up in the fifth, but that's on top of what he does with his bat, which is already so great.
1: Which is probably the best in the league right now.
0: So, when you ask athletes, because so many of them are like, hey, how can I be great at one thing? And that's the thing that gets coveted, and that's the thing that puts me in the show. We're not even talking about, oh, he's, he's good for average with his bat. Yeah. Oh, he, he is for power with his bat. He can drive runs in. It's all those things. And, by the way, I'm going to throw some heat. I'm going to throw with, yeah. with a variety of pitches. I'm going to get you out of jams. I'm going to eat a lot of innings. It's... It's not even just what athletes say, it's the manner in which they say it. Like just when we asked Lloyd, I wish people could have seen it cuz his eyes light up and say, "This guy's crazy."
1: Yeah. Like you can't put into words what this guy is doing. And like there's legitimately no weakness in his game. Mm-hmm. And I we I had the conversation on SportsNet today last week with uh with Elon was is like is Shohei Ohtani clearly the best athlete in any major sport right now? And
0: and look, when we say that, we think of like like a DK Metcalf like profile of like, this guy's like, just bench pressing like crazy. The 40 looks amazing and just, just yoked out. Yeah. But it's just like, as far as
2: professional athlete, this is the most fun I think I've ever had watching a player. You're talking about me? Yes, I thought you were. I thought you were. Absolutely. You're just looking at me and I've got the guns showing. It's, the weather's <laughs> out. The sun's out, guns out. Isn't that the motto? Yes.
0: I, I I asked you what's going on this summer. I figured you were like, hey, training camp. <laughs> 40th year training camp. We're getting ready.
2: We're getting ready. We're getting ready. Goaltending. I could be the backup to the backup. Let's do oh, yeah, it. Uh, I that. certainly don't need to introduce our next voice. I could so. go to arbitration, like Samson. I'll get three and a <laughs> half million. Let's let's do that. I'll go to arbitration. Yeah. Okay.
0: Pull the Matt Murray. And be like, hey, just put me on LTIR just for the year. Pay me seven
2: yeah. point whatever, <laughs> and I'll go on LTIR.
0: Uh, John Garrett Cheech joining us here, uh, booth side uh, over at uh, Jay's Care Challenger Baseball. Here, we were just talking about uh, Shohei Otani. Yes. Now he's not the traditional like. I am the strongest guy and I'm the physical freak. But as far as athletes, players yeah. Oh I know. I, I just yeah it, it's it's mind boggling sometimes to watch he was perfect through four today. Yeah and, he, uh, he is amazing.
2: Mm-hmm. And uh, what have they got him on? A six day rotation or something? Mm-hmm. He's not on the regular four or five day and he he's just that natural he can do both, the hitting and the and the pitching and he is an amazing, amazing athlete and uh you see the basketball player signed the other day for Boston. I don't know his name, but uh, Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown. Brown. Yeah. Five years, $300 million. Mm-hmm. $60 million a year. He'd be almost the cap hit for the Vancouver Canucks. He'd be just. True. <laughs> <Yep>. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. So what does Otani got? It's got to be like 500, 600 mil.
0: The, the, the there's no number that would I would be stunned at. Yeah. No.
2: No, I don't. A- and he's worth every penny. Any franchise. Again. Uh, Lionel Messi, soccer guys. Yeah, I mean, come on. Mm-hmm. And look what's happened to Miami. They're, the value of that franchise before he signed it, after he signed it, in, in two days, it's absolutely crazy. And uh, Otani's that kind of guy. He is that kind of guy, and you you never have to worry. Like you said, he's in great shape all the time. Takes care of himself, and man, oh man, Chichi played he's in the wrong area. Stub his toe. He's not like Aaron yeah. Judge. <laughs> you stub your toe. And he's missed a month. Who's the guy that uh, kicked the fire extinguisher or the? Uh, yeah, the Mariners guy. Yeah, yeah. kicked, the water, yeah. Yeah, kicked the water cooler. Yeah, kicked the
0: water cooler. It's like th- that's only a baseball injury.
2: Yeah, broke his foot. Well, punched the wall. I've seen yeah. guys punch the wall yeah. before. Yeah.
0: But baseball's always like got the weird injury, like watermelon elbow, or yeah. uh, I stayed in the sun tanning bed too long, <laughs> tripped
1: on
2: a sprinkler, and you're out for. A Ton the of year. those injuries. Yeah. I played with Jacques Richard, and uh, in Quebec. And he had a thing. He had to come into camp within 20 pounds or whatever. And uh, so he he comes to training camp, and he's overweight. And two days before training camp, he's riding the exercise bike in the sauna with one of those garbage bags. Passed out. They had to get the EMTs there. They thought he had a heart attack. It was just, oh, man. Jacques Richard. (laughs) He was a good player at one time.
0: What was your toughest uh, pre-training camp? story oh you were, business, you were always business though you're like oh, i got to come in at- well
2: back at, that's before it really became uh you know we had to do roger nielsen was uh, the first coach that really was a stickler on uh, coming to camp in shape mm-hmm. and especially for goalies uh, we could come to just stop the puck get in there stop the puck who cares and there was no goalie coach no yeah. none of that stuff you'll drip out eight pounds and practice oh, yeah. you're fine well yeah. Every game, yeah, it was eight to ten pounds. Put it right back on. <laughs> the beer is right there in the middle <laughs> of the dressing room. I'm gonna put it right back on right now. <laughs> so it was uh, a different different era, and like you say, the business. And now it's uh, uh, they finish, and you're right back into it. Uh, the guys were talking, and Patrice Bergeron, mm-hmm. one of the reasons he retired, he, he said he, you know, it's uh, to prepare to win. The work that takes to prepare to win everybody wants to win but the work to prepare to win and the guys just you get to the point where every summer you take two weeks off or three weeks off and then you're right back at it and then you're back on the ice and you get to the point like Bergeron where the body says oh man you know you need more than two or three weeks off and uh, is it really worth it to you at this point in your life this point in your career with family and all these other things going on I, I respect the fact that he's going out on top and uh, he can still play in the league. There's no doubt about that. But he's making that choice a family choice. Mm-hmm. Were there any players you played with that did approach it with more of a, a modern style in the well, summer? Well, Gordy Howe. And I played with Gordy in Hartford when he was 52. And But you don't get uh, to 52 if you don't... No, yeah, I know. Yeah. And an amazing, amazing guy who... Uh, and back then, it it was, oh, let's after practice, let's go to lunch, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the lunch went from twelve thirty to six thirty, and uh, Gordy just he looked after himself and took care of himself, and uh, there was no strength coaches or any of that stuff, no dietitians, steak and French fries pregame meal, with a chocolate sundae to top it off, and got uh, g- have a dessert. Gordy always had chicken, and he he looked after himself, and he look at Gordy, I mean. Best of all time, maybe, arguably. Um, uh, you mentioned Patrice Bergeron,
0: um, changing of the guard there in, in, in Boston, and, and how you know that that team more than any, I think, in, in the last decade, has probably done a good job of transitioning from era to era to era, and they've stayed successful. They've had cup runs, obviously, and going to finals, oh, playoffs every, every yeah, year. Yeah, and and just this last year, when you finally think it's over, here they are, this historic season. That ability to, to shift locker rooms and, and, and shift eras in your franchise, we're kind of experiencing it here in Vancouver with, the, you know, Horvath going out and all that. Like,
2: what's the thing that you have to hit to make that work? Oh, you have to hit your draft choices. And I think that's the thing that – and every now and then, like Alina Solmark. hmm You oh, know, I came from Buffalo. Uh, okay. Just an add-on, a Vezina trophy winner. Oh, hum. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, You know, McAvoy and and draft picks like that. Uh, And Taylor Hall was a good pickup. Uh, A lot of teams rejected him as he washed up done. And he was a different role for Mm -hmm. sure. He wasn't the star player like he was supposed to be in Edmonton, supposed to be in New Jersey. He was a third-line guy. And when you add guys like that and you can use them in the roles that suit their skill level, And Boston's been able to do that. I I really think that they blew it last year when, uh, in the last two or three weeks when they decided, okay, we're going for all these records. We're going for Mm -hmm. the most points, most wins. And why? And then in the playoffs, they ran out of gas. They got hurt. That's so tricky, though, isn't it? Because when when Tampa was having that success, we talked about, oh, they they coasted the
0: last six weeks of the season. And here's a team that was pushing themselves. Did they burn themselves out? Yeah, well, that's it. They did. And they got hurt.
2: Not uh, The goalie and Patrice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They got hurt, and key positions, and I think that's the thing. You're taking the chance, and why take the chance when you're guaranteed first place in the division anyway? What, do you get a trophy? Yeah, President's Trophy. But that was going to get forgotten. Washington gets the President's Trophy. Oh, yeah, that was good. Canucks, President's Trophy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What happened? There you go. Sounds like you want to shorten the season, Cheech. (laughs) 72 games. Well, for the good team, look at the basketball, and I know the NBA has trouble uh oh, getting yeah. the guys to play yeah this new tournament yeah the new tournament and yeah. uh the basketball teams okay i saw some coach kawaii's coach the other day saying oh i have to convince uh who is kawaii and one other guy george paul or somebody paul george, yeah. paul, george. Yeah, paul george george paul yeah, yeah. and ringo a matter of fact I, <laughs> <laughs> I went to bard on the beach anyway oh there's how a was squirrel. That? there's a squirrel I, I went to bard on the beach and as you like it they Uh, My wife and I took our granddaughter down, and Shakespeare play, as you well know, as you like it, comedy, romantic comedy, but it's set in the 60s, and so the only redeeming factor I found in this Bard on the Beach was the Beatles songs. They had maybe 20 Beatles songs throughout the performance, and... Uh, that was it, but uh, mixing the <laughs> two, it was just—it was ludicrous. My wife and I looked at each other, and had our granddaughter not been our guest, uh, we would have left after about twenty minutes. But uh, there it was, Bart on the beach, as you like it, with the Beatles song.
0: Have you been to Liverpool?
2: No, it's never a blast. been. To yeah, it's a blast. Were you? Yeah, uh, thirteen years ago, Cross Dabby Road. Did you do the? Uh, oh yeah, like, b- like, picture thing. Well, Did that's you have in the Volkswagen in the back. Oh, that's, that's in, London. in London. So that's yes. Apple Records.
0: Uh, stopped by there, and yeah. then went to Liverpool, and the whole Matthew Street experience,
2: all that sort of stuff. Well, I I thought it was the the golf this year. The uh, British Open was in Liverpool, wasn't it?
0: Uh, I I thought it was in Scotland. I might be wrong, though. You're wrong. It was in Liverpool. I've been on holiday for for, for two weeks, so I'm checked out. And now
2: you're going to Edmonton. Yeah. Beautiful Edmonton. Let's go vacation in Edmonton. Thriving
0: metropolis. Yes.
2: Yes. Let's go to Edmonton to vacation. It was at Liverpool. There you Royal go. Liverpool. Thank there you, you go. very yes. much. I, 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 I didn't doubt you. I Thank did. you very much. I, I, I
0: had my own perception of, of, of I of got what to was meet Lloyd Mosby.
2: Yeah. wasn't That a, that was a thrill for me. He could fl- absolutely fly. He was a great fielder. People are uh, very aware of, of how active you are uh, watching the chase. <laughs> yes. So, yeah. That, that hey, was it pretty was cool. The other night when they blew that game and they put Swanson in and then left him in. There was 7-3 going into the ninth. Mm-hmm. I could go out and throw, uh, you know, Three outs. R.A. Dickey. I'd I'd be throwing knuckleballs at them. for. uh, (laughs) uh, You're ahead 7-3. Just throw strikes. Just uh, lob it in there. Oh, man. Don't Uh, walk anybody. I hate guys that come in. Nate Pearson got sent down the very next day. My wife and I are sitting there yelling at the TV. I don't know what the score They were at big lead, 6-1 or something. Nate Pearson comes in, hits the first guy. How can you do that? Just throw strikes. What's the matter? Get the first save. Yeah, yeah, make the first save. <laughs> oh, there, there's a good story, though. Here's another one for you. Uh, we're playing in the playoffs. I'm with the Minnesota Fighting Saints, and we're playing the Houston Arrows. Gordy Howe and Mark Howe and, and Marty were on the Houston Arrows, and we were the scrappy Minnesota Fighting Saints. And we had a pretty good year that year, and we're very competitive with them. We start the playoffs, and we lose a couple games, so we have a team meeting. And so we start the team meeting, and they start with the goalie, and I'm playing the game. And uh, I said to the guys, and this is how stupid I am at the time, I said, wouldn't it be nice if we could play with the lead? (laughs) And the 17 other guys look at me and say, wouldn't it be nice if you could make (laughs) enough saves so we could get a lead? And I'm thinking, oh, man, yeah, good point by you guys. Chicken (laughs) and the egg, though, chicken (laughs) and the egg. Yeah, exactly. Oh, um, exactly. We were just I should have th- thought of that one before I said it. Yeah. Oh, wouldn't it be? Nice? Yeah. Okay. Maybe it'd be nice if we get through the first period and it's not three nothing.
0: Uh, kind of touching on Boston there. Uh, the off season kind of yep. done here. Uh, who are you looking at? You saying, hey,
2: this team I'm kind of excited to watch next year. Uh, which team would I like? To, well, the New Jersey Devils. Mm-hmm. They are a fun team to watch. And now they, they've they made a couple more. Tyler Toffoli's going to help and mm-hmm. give them depth and depth in scoring. And uh, I like watching. Uh, New Jersey play. I wouldn't be surprised if Buffalo makes the playoffs next year. Uh, they've got a good young team and they, they a good start and then kind of faded. I think they'll be interesting to watch. And you know how I always like to watch Toronto lose? Mm-hmm. And I think Toronto's going to lose next year so <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> they're, they're in a weird spot too. They like, are. They're like 12 million over the cap right now. and Not, it's Well,
2: the LTIR, yeah. you, you convince your goalie that he's hurt. <laughs> True. Yeah. And there's 7 million recouped it's just, oh yeah you're going to take the year off and we'll pay you 7.5 million
0: what would that conversation have been like with you you're Like, hey
2: Cheech kind of need you away for a year yeah <laughs> if I was making 7 million it would be a pretty easy decision <laughs> if I was making 5 grand or 9 grand like I was no thanks I'll play
0: <laughs> uh, right on we'll let you get back uh, to it you uh, golfing today or you? Uh... I am golfing
2: today and hopefully my teammates are much better I haven't golfed all year I was gonna say or, or, I'm not a golfer. Good I good don't have the patience for it. It's hard to figure out, eh, Bick. I I don't have uh, the patience. Yeah. I, I don't go <laughs> after at all. four holes. I've had no. enough. I, I, I just, you know, patience is not one of my things. And he's
0: out of earshot now. But I was gonna make a Dan Riccio joke because he's been struggling this summer. Oh,
2: so yeah, Reach uh, and I, Reach and I go maybe
1: once a week, and uh, yeah, he's uh he's off his game, but he's been coming around lately. Well, so Shorty and
2: Murph. Oh, they they're, they're on it. Yeah, they're members of the yeah. club of champions. <laughs> Marine Drive. They, that's what they keep telling me. Oh yeah, and they won the club's championship one year. Oh, and they're just living off that. That was like ten years ago. You're just in Suffolk. And Murph carried. Murph carried Shorty. You know, there's no doubt about that. And literally, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they could. Yes. <laughs> uh, uh, we well, have uh, some fun today. Thanks for
0: stopping by, and uh, yeah.
2: I hope the summer's going well. Always my pleasure. Big plans coming up. Uh, not really. I am planning already. Why would you want to leave? It's, it's, it's uh, a beautiful know, area. And we just got back from Nova Scotia, as yeah. I said. Uh, I am planning on going to spring training next year in Dunedin. Beautiful. And I'm looking at renting a house down there. And then uh, my daughter lives in Tampa, so that's a short commute. But uh, we have family that I'm sure would like to come down for spring training. If we rent a house, and then they all have a place to stay. Brilliant. That'd be awesome.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, Cheech, have fun. Uh,
2: end of February, uh, 1st of March. Yeah. Weather will be bad. I can fly to my few games from yeah. Tampa. Maybe there'll be games in Tampa. Who well,
0: I, I hope we uh, get to hear from you soon as well. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yes. Here on these airwaves. Uh, we got to run to break, so appreciate you coming by oh, here. Oh. It's always my pleasure. Thanks. Uh, John Garrett with Vic uh, Nazar, Josh Wolf. back in a minute here on the Home of the Canucks Sportsnet 650.